Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome everyone to the uh, Free State podcast. Thanks for for uh, listening in. And uh, I just want to say that we've got a very special guest today, His Royal Highness, Prince Charles Anye Bunam. Uh, all the way, all the way from Nigeria to Dublin, and uh, we're so delighted that he's joined us today. You're very, uh, you're very happy to see him here, aren't you? He, the, char- <laughs> the, the prince has that effect on, on, on people, on everyone. Yeah, he brings sunshine into into your life. And how did you how did you guys meet? Um, <laughs> well, if I can go back, and everybody who knows Joe knows he's very. Uh, easy with accolades and all that uh, we met what would i say on a escapade of some sort around island around island yeah i had the fortunate pleasure of saying yes to are you coming down to donegal and uh, we'll kind of i'll show you around and etc etc and we ended up on some sort of a road trip um with, I would say, you know, parts of it in, intersecting with a lot of kind of GAA stalwarts, uh, <laughs> GAA kind of, you know, pubs with a lot of history. Remember, we started in, what, where was it in Donegal? In Pakistan. <laughs> but hold yeah. on a second. Let's get, let's get, I want to still get, this isn't really, like you're on the road trip, but there has to be a pre-road trip. You didn't just turn up at like outside Cleary's clock think, and say, there's Joe Brawley. You know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the, one of those things you kind of go, yes, yes, I'm up for it. And then, you know, all of a sudden, what you thought was might be a two-day two-day trip turned oh, into and we yeah. I, but we had so much fun we had so much fun how many and days did it turn into i think we ended up we Tim, started Tim donegal and we ended up in, in, we Tim. ended up in belmollet <laughs> he uh he uh we i i thought we met did we not meet in miami to start with oh yeah this is, yeah, yeah. This is really good we yeah. can't even agree where yeah you we were we were we were we were we were on a business trip and we were all going to become multi-millionaires. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we had discussed, <laughs> we had got to the stage where we had discussed the possibility of buying buying the Jacksonville Jaguars American <laughs> football team. We were being wined and dined by the Miami Authority. Actually, uh, we, we ended up in uh, Palm Beach, <laughs> so surrounded by vast, vast wealth. We fitted right in with our, with, our, with our ambition, right? We fitted right in and started to daydream, yeah, 
in big, big proportions of, uh, of, of, of sort of, you know, uh, it's kind of insane wealth kind of thing. But, you know, we, we didn't lose sight of the humor of, of what we were trying to do, what we we're trying to accomplish. And uh, it was very enjoyable, very enjoyable. We actually met one night because Charles may be small, but he doesn't drink small. And <laughs> I learned I learned very well. <laughs> I think one night at a bar in Miami at about half three in the morning, we had hired two gentlemen who had we'd sort of fallen in with during the course of the night who were private pilots. And I think we'd got to the stage where we had in principle, agreed terms <laughs> for them to become your pilot. Oh yes, yeah, right. yes. Okay. Yes. and then to yeah. then from there on the Jacksonville Jaguar with, with this yes. new venture. Yes, yeah. needless to say, it was a full disaster. <laughs> but anyway, I I then what happened was, I my med, my memory was Charles that you had suggested that you would like to get to know Ireland better. So we then went on a trip. So we went to we went to Belmullet. And I had sort of rung ahead to a good friend of mine, Sean Conroy, who's the undertaker and national school principal and owns the very famous McDonald's bar. It's known as the lobster pot mm. because when you go in, you can't get out. I was in Belmullet. Th- I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was in Belmullet three times before I realised that the main street was beside the ocean. I never got out of the bar. Yeah. So anyway, I, I rang ahead and I said, look, the prince is coming. And this was like JFK visiting Bill Mullet. You know, <laughs> honestly, I mean, uh, whenever it was like the time whenever I was a child, Floyd Patterson, who was the ex-heavyweight champion of the world, came to Dungiven. And Tommy O'Connell, the gravel millionaire, drove him around Dungiven on a horse and carriage. And he was the first, I say, he was the first black person that I ever saw. And we all lined up outside the boxing club and Floyd Patterson came along the line, shaking everyone's hands, you know. And Colin McGuigan said afterwards that a few of the Republicans in the town got very excited because they thought we had captured a paratrooper. <laughs> <laughs> so when Charles came to, when Charles arrived in Belmullet, Sean Conroy, who is one of the world's great storytellers, as you can attest to, Charles. Sean had cleared the bar out so that Charles and his wife Shenda would have an audience with Sean to start with, and it was just... It was, I mean, was, it was hilarious. I mean, the welcome, the kind of phone calls behind the scenes, almost sort of, you know, announcing to anybody who was in the bar and his family that there was something special going on in the bar. And and a lot of all this was kind of over my head. I mean, we're in there just enjoying pints of Guinness and, and Joe's, uh, uh, you know, storytelling, the punters were in there. Because this is, you know, I think we were there kind of mid-afternoon. So you kind of saw what I would say in, in a typical Irish rural setting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people whose daily lives every day just, you know, was as exciting as just going to the pub. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we arrived and we kind of, you know, created this sort of excitement, etc. cetera. Um, got talking to a few other punters and uh, that led to another another twist in our escapades where one of them sort of here in Shender and uh, talking about, you know, the beautiful Irish coast and we've never been out on a boat 
etc etc offered uh, to take us out on his boat the next day okay yeah yeah so you but first of all you justified all their presence in the pub for about five years anyone who's trying to work out why they go to the pub every afternoon oh. this this event meant you couldn't probably for the next oh, yeah. five years at least they couldn't yeah. uh, they said well you never know what's going to happen down exactly the pub. and exactly. charles's charles's magnetism you know, people are just drawn. I mean, he was just surrounded by people, as as he always is when you take him out. I mean, we brought him to Ballina, you know, then as part of all this to the music festival. And I mean, it was like bringing the sick beetle. <laughs> if the music festival was on. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to say, but, not, it was but not unlike, I mean, I remember growing up in Nigeria and we were out in, um, you know, the far eastern parts uh, where I was in boarding school. And typically, most of the boarding schools are kind of, you know, you pick the ones that are at the top of the game, etc. And sometimes they were very remote, but, you know, boarding schools were kind of, you know, parts of the course. And this particular place we're in, um, tiny little town slash village, had one white family living in the town. And they were a phenomenon. Right. Every time they kind of came into the into the town, every time they came to do their groceries and all that, you just saw a trail of people. Just, you know, literally chasing after them, excitement. And in a place where you kind of can picture sort of, you know, Monday living, people kind of struggling, a lot of poverty, etc. and all that. This was something to look forward to every Saturday. Mm. You know, the white couple are in town and the message kind of went around <laughs> and, and you saw you saw that. So, you know, it, you, you, you play that now in a place like Belmollet. Um, with Joe coming in, who's very well known, and he's bringing in guests in and kind of building it up and all this sort of stuff. You know what? You know, you you just you go with the floor and you see the smiles on people's faces and you kind of go, listen. You know, they've had a, a sort of a uh, an interesting day. Yeah, uh, beyond <laughs> just drinking and milling. milling I, we brought him to. Yeah. We brought him to. Yeah. We brought him to a knockmore match. Knockmore <laughs> were playing in the Connacht Championship. You know, sometime after this. We brought him to the match, you know, and there he was, you know, resplendent as he always is with Shendo, you see. And everyone came over to say hello. And I introduced Charles, you know, Charles is effortless when it comes to this. I introduced Charles to the Connacht secretary who came over and said, well, how are you doing? And I introduced him. I said, you know, uh, this is Charles. He is the um, secretary of the Nigerian branch of the Mayo Supporters Club. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie just, just Charles just straight effortlessly. Oh yes, that's that's correct. It's just wonderful to meet you. I've heard so much about yeah. you. But Belmullet let me go back. Let me go back. So the fishing, the, the trip, right? Well, no, we have the very man to take you out fishing. Old, old Frank will take you out. He's a, he's a tremendous fisherman, you see. So the following morning, we are brought first McDonald's again for two or three pints. Then down to the coast where Frank lives and there's this tiny boat probably about would have been 12 foot long proper old style you know rowing boat fishing boat very rugged and Frank a big powerful man in his late 70s and uh in we get I could hear I could hear <laughs> Charlie said Shedda <laughs> it's obviously he's using the rowing boat to bring us out to the larger yacht you see <laughs> but, but, but Dion if you saw this that would be your instant reaction yeah, I can imagine. Uh, unlike Joe's description of rugged it wasn't anything 
rug in my eyes. It was just, you know, this thing is sort of a canal boat. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, the Atlantic beckoning. And I kind of went, no. I mean, there was, what, seven of us? Um, and Frank is no, one. No, hold on. The four of us. The four of us and Frank. So five The two girls, mm. the, the prince, myself, yeah. and Big Frank. And Big Frank stood the whole time. And really? now the sea is swelling up. So I said, oh, no, we'll go out a bit, fellas. You yeah. see, so I'm already starting to feel sick. So the boat's going up. Yeah. And then it's dropping. The boat's bouncing at this point. And Charles isn't feeling great either. The two ladies are <laughs> feeling fine. <laughs> Everything's good. I'm now puking over the side. <laughs> Frank says, Frank says, he says, no, he says, have a drop of this. He says, you'll, you'll be fine. He says, and he, he hands down a bottle, which I thought was water. Went to take a sip. It was potching. Potching. He's handing around the potching. Then he says, he says, he says to Charles, he says, Prince, he says, could you hand me over that container? And, it, and it's a bottle, a, a, a milk bottle. And he proceeds as he stood up in front of us to pee into it. Right? <laughs> Shenda's like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, at this stage, he's, the only thing that's accompanying us after about an hour are the seagulls that are down on top of us. You know, and I'm thinking. So you've been going out for an hour? Oh, we've been go- going yeah. out. Yeah. Going out. Yeah. And now, you, what point were you thinking, when do we turn around? Because that's my normal, my first thought when I go out in any kind of boat. It's like, when do we, when do we turn back towards the shore? You, you know, I, I think we, were, we, we had this expectation of sort of see, see, seeing within our sights the big boat. <laughs> You're still, still, still clinging on yeah, to the big boat on, dream. Yeah, yeah, just be patient. He knows what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. And this, we went out, we went out. So eventually he kind of, he stopped. He said, you want to do a bit of fishing, et cetera, and all that. But at that stage, we're kind of looking around. Measure the distance to short, <laughs> because Frank Frank is what uh, late seventies. Powerful, yeah, you know, thinking you know none of us, none of us. <laughs> he says no. He says we should go out a bit further. Better yeah. fish. He says better. Yeah. And and now you've got clear sea right. in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And now it's cold, and you know you're you you get worried. It's like you know this Hammer House of horror mm. films where all you can see around you is sea. Yeah. And yeah. and then eventually. He, 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 the girls say, "Look, we've had enough," and because we were fishing, you see, as well. Yeah. Okay. And then we we arrived back at the shore, and you know, awfully glad to get out. And there says blue, Volks ancient Volkswagen, Volkswagen, ancient Volkswagen transporter. And he says, "Lads, you get in the front." He says, and he opens the the thing, and and then he slides open the the back door, and. <laughs> And just to, to Shanta, who would not be used to this type of thing whatsoever under any circumstances. He says, girls, you'll jump in the back now. No. Slides open the door, the, va- the, the back door, and there is a double bed, like a smallish double bed, <laughs> bolted, bolted to the floor of the, of, the, of the van with sheets and pillows and all. A, a, a locker. Is it bolted? A chair again bolted. I said, I said, Frank, Frank. <laughs> assuming you're not kidnapping. <laughs> assuming this isn't going to a very dark place where we're all going to die, Frank. <laughs> what is this all about? And he says, Ah, oh, he says, No. Sometimes herself banishes me to the van. <laughs> so I, I, I like to be well prepared. 
<laughs> and so the girl and he that is true or false, he now he passes out these wee bottles that he had to everybody. More pochin. Everybody's drinking the pochin. He rattles up off the wee remote side road, straight onto the he didn't look left or right. No, not at all. Swung straight out onto it. We stop triumphantly in the main street. The pub's packed waiting for the prince to return. <laughs> in we go. The place is packed. It's maybe, would it be 12 o'clock on a Saturday morning? Yeah, yeah. And now drinking. And I would say... Now after, drinking. The putching was just pre-drinking. And then Frank triumphantly leaves after about five or six pints into the van. You turn in the main street, blazes back down. <laughs> and straight into the sea. <laughs> Oh, what but, the, but just the simplicity of just ordinariness, if I can put it that way. We had such a great time. Just, you know, it's what was um, and Sean's family then. I think his brother is the is the local undertaker as well. Uh, Porrick, that's uh, Porrick, yeah, very well attired. Did they yeah. bring you in and show you a, 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 a cadaver? No, no, no. Uh, no, they like, they, like yeah. to, they like to do that. But, but the, you, you are a prince. So I come from, uh, you know, if you if if you were to picture kind of African culture, hmm. um, with a different eth- ethnic group. So in Nigeria, you've got three main ethnic groups. You've got the Houses, Igbos, Yorubas, and within each of the kind of where where I come from, you've all these Asian kingdoms, um, which you know in in, in Western speakers is, is kind of royalty. Hmm. with their own hierarchies, their own kind of chiefs, kings princes, etc., etc. So it's not, so when we, and that still prevails to today. Okay. So if I, if I went back home now to kind of participate in a ceremony and all that, um, you might as well be looking at traditions and rituals similar to what you'll be used to as in terms of how it plays out with the royal family. Okay. That's still alive and kicking in Nigeria. Yeah. Right. His dad was yeah. also the Lord Chief Justice of Nigeria. Really? Sadly passed away and uh, what a great man. Yeah, wow. sadly passed away. And so, how many? When you say it's it's a royal family, how many princes are there in you know? When so it comes down. So each each kind of head of that. So there's three. You might put it in in my own particular town. You've got kind of three main um, lineage, hmm. uh, three main sort of uh, families. Hmm. Because the, 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 the entire sort of uh, town and grouping is is essentially not a sort of a single royal family lineage. It's spread across three families. And the head of the family is the is the kind of, you know, your equivalent of the king. Yeah. But I don't like using sort of Western descriptions. Okay. For us it's it's you know, you've got a, you've got the overall king of the town and then you've got the, the, the chiefs. Uh, you have the chiefs and council, and below that, then you've got what you might call the equivalent princes, which are just titled traditional men uh, that occupy revered in society and are seen as sort of, you know, the council um, for governance in the particular um, uh, town, up where, town where I come from. And is, yeah. and is there a responsibility that goes with that then? Do you have to? It's, well, the overall king, yes, there is. But because, you know, the, the law in Nigeria still has respect and regard for traditional law. Okay. So it sits, it sits side by side. And in terms of disputes, in terms of traditional practices, uh, you know, all the nuances around, you know, us living in a community, etc. You've got, you've got a king that kind of presides over that. 
the welfare of, of you know, everybody that lives in the town, ceremonial, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a little bit more like the construct in where you've got the queen, but she's the head, but, you know, she doesn't have legislative powers. But in <laughs> right. Nigeria, you know, they sit, they sit side by side. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his, 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 his mother, if, if, you, if you don't mind me, Speaking of his mother, who, who, who Charles lost, you know, a few years ago, um, is one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. And Charles has a photograph of his father and mother together at one of the big ceremonial occasions. And I mean, they are like film stars. Just right. you know that photograph that you, that you have of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's he's got a photograph a, in a study yeah. of his dad wearing all the ceremonial robes as okay. the Lord Chief Justice. And you know. And so where did you? So when? Where did you go to boarding school then? So I did, I was, I did Nigeria for a good bit. And uh, typically, you know, um, if your parents can afford to send you abroad, you know, for better education, following the sort of, you know, um, going to the better schools of learning and all that, you're shipped out to wherever. And typically, I mean, Nigeria was colonized by Britain. So that was always a sort of first choice destination. You go to the UK. Mm. But my family had a long, long tradition with uh, the Holy Ghost priests from Ireland uh-huh. who landed at Ancud in the eastern part of Nigeria. Right. And uh, in, you know, spreading religion, etc. And my, I come from a family that are Christians. My parents are very deeply religious people. So the family followed rather than following, you know, the norm of going to the UK. Um, Ireland, Ireland was uh, very prominent uh, within within the family. So I came here uh, when I was about uh, sixteen, seventeen. Right. Uh, ended up going to Blackrock College, okay. uh, not by any any sort of clever design, but again using the connections of the Holy Ghost, um, Holy Ghost Fathers. Yeah. Um, back then, you either went to Blackrock or you went to Rockwell, mm. and. Um, it was interesting, having been in boarding school, and the day we were uh, due to start in Blackrock, I had a brother who was in College of Surgeons at the time. And he had come from the States. And if you remember Stasky and Hodge, remember the car <laughs> they drove, the big Trans Am, six-cylinder liter six engine? He flew his over from the States into Ireland, and this thing was a white beast with a big eagle spread on the bonnet. And I used to look at him, I kind of went, you're just some big narcissistic individual. Who would want to attract that level of attention? But he did. Like, he, he used to drive everywhere. So this was the car that dropped us, dropped us into, uh, into, uh, into Blackrock. And again, you know, it was like, oh, you know, the Nigerians have arrived, the princes have arrived. Because I, I was there with a brother of mine. And that started as sort of, um, you know, I guess for me, the journey in Ireland kind of thing. So I went to school there, did two years. Uh, as you do, you do your leaving certs. Went into Trinity in about the same time, uh, Joe, you were there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here I am. Here I am. The usual stuff. Irish, <laughs> The Irishness was uh, put into me and I, I have never looked back since and I enjoy living here. Yeah. He, he is, you know... Uh, Really, I mean this sincerely, a really extraordinary human being. You know, his, um, like, for example, his son, you know, and he's very, like, if I want advice about a tricky court case, for example, mm. you know, and I'm a veteran of that, 30 years, and there's a problem, a conundrum, something I'm thinking about how to deal with, I'll ring Charles and say, Charles, I've got something to run by you. Well, I think what you should do is, you see, I mean, it's such a clear, but, mm. and also, you know, he, 
and and that's how he, he he deals with his family as well. I mean, his son, for example, is the world famous rapper Reggie Snow, yeah. and you think of you know Charles sort of how. He obviously takes yeah. after his mother. <laughs> yeah, he lives in Iceland. You know, and, I'm still uh, trying to learn my party piece for the same songs. I just, you know, my my daughter adores Reggie Snow and actually Charles got her sort of VIP tickets to one of his gigs. So she went, you know, she had a wonderful night and she sent me, you know, some of his lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> How many beeps did you have to go through? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, if, if I may. Are you going to rap or are you just going to read? <laughs> no, if I may. In the morning, bunch of pale hipster girls in my bed snoring. Who are they? <laughs> the coke came at him. Eve came home feeling fruity and we smashing all of that ass got me feeling real ratchet. I, I can't even read the sticks, but <laughs> tripping on Molly took a little bit of acid. Mum, sorry, now I'm on a trip all warm and I'm, <laughs> and I'm swimming, tripping on acid, shoot my gun backwards. What sort of, I, I, yeah, I was going to ask, what sort of upbringing did your son have <laughs> and, 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 and why were social services not involved? <laughs> But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I have to deflect his mother. You know, like, I, I, I came I came I came I landed in this country pure as snow. <laughs> That's the drum country. Exactly. Yeah. Look what I've become. Yeah. Look what I've become. Yeah. Actually, my but, daughter yeah. sent me a, a video of that night, which was obviously a wonderful occasion. And uh, and again, this is typical of Charles. You know, there he is, re- boogieing and moving in the middle of the whole crowd. And what was Ireland like to come to then, Charles? Because, you know, it was, it's been fun from day one. It has remained fun from day to, to, till today. Uh, back then, you know, if you saw a black person on the street, it was a novelty, you know, um, <laughs> to the extent, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. The first, when I was dating, um, uh, my chen and I were dating and kind of, you know, we went, we decided, oh yeah, we've heard a lot about Killarney and all the uh, um, so we decided to go and we decided to take a trip out to Killarney, and I remember kind of arriving in and we're walking down the main street. Nice to find Lindsay Chen. I said, you know, it's, have you noticed a bunch of people kind of walking behind us? And every time we stopped, they stopped. And they, there were these, I think, it was three or four kids trailing us at the right. time. And you have to have a sense, but it's a very positive sense of what being a novelty is like. It's not It's not negative. It's not positive. It's curiosity. It's none of the things that we talk about in today's society. You know, why are you looking at me, not looking at me? People see difference in this country. There is this curiosity. Mm. Um, and I remember stopping and just, I guess, you know, uh, looking at it with humor, rolled up my sleeves, turned and said, do you want to feel, do you, do you, want, to, do you want to touch it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, please, if you don't mind. I said, it doesn't rub off. <laughs> and that night we then, I remember that night we went to the local disco. And, um, you know, as we do, I love music. I'll be first in the dance floor and all that. But you could see the innocence of the curiosity because the nearest comparison that people had in trying to refer to me um, with what they've seen of a black person was to start sort of, you know, whispering around that Michael Jackson was in the house. 
<laughs> Do I now have to fulfill that narrative and start doing, you know, uh, Michael Jackson type moves on the dance floor? So, you know, it was at best it was comical. So to answer your question about what was it like, I had I laughed all the way. Yeah. You know, everywhere you went to the pub, people were friendly. And I tell the story to, to people today that that history defines culturally the Irish friendliness, the welcoming. And it's not to be tainted with other sort of pressures that are coming in now. So you go to a pub, if you're friendly, everybody's going to welcome you. Mm. And if there's a guy who wants to be left alone, you kind of go and you people say, you see a man down there, kind of thing, you know, it's an odd fella, but just leave him be. Whether you're blue, pink, white, doesn't matter. Nobody cares, yeah? And, yeah, so I, I, I kind of live here. I have three kids, and um, I work from here. This is my base. And would I live anywhere else? No. So it's, 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 been, a, it's been a wonderful it's a wonderful experience. And I think what would attract you to any place, really, for me, starts with the people and just, you know, the, the, the sense of crack. Um, we don't take ourselves too seriously here, and that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. I, um... Was with, I, I have learned a lot about racism from Charles, mm. you know, and um, I mean, obviously the Irish have a shameful past when it comes to racism, but we were in, do you remember we were in your local up in Drumcondra one mm. night? Oh, yeah, yeah. But the this fella came over, he, he's a man about 40s, he was perfect, play. he said, look, I've never um, shaken shook hands with a black man um, can I shake hands with you and I said to him I immediately said to him you know sorry S seriously seriously and I stood up you know I was sort of looking down at him. and Charles said no no no, no. Charles mm. said no 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 of course you shake hands with you what's your name he said to me, well, wonderful to meet you he said and you were, oh yes you know blah 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 do you remember that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Charlie said to me, you know, 
relax. This 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 is not this is not racism mm. as I perceive it. Yeah. This is just someone who It's just curiosity. Yeah, and like now that in a, in many that, that that flies in the face of the see for me because racism was so horrific, you know, around the world, you know, in America here, you know, really in so many places, you know, that there has to be, the counterbalance to that has to be now that we go to the other extreme for a while until we find the middle ground. But Charlie taught me, look, that, that that's not necessarily the right way because you might recall, Charles, knock more, because he's Knockmore's biggest supporter now. <laughs> That's not a joke. He don't, you've you've been I to am, three or I four am. championship matches, yeah. and he was there when they won the county. They won their two in a row, and we went into the bar on Sunday, and stayed in the bar until Monday night. As in, we didn't <laughs> we didn't leave the bar, but Charlie sitting up at the bar, and people were coming over to shake hands with him and saying and and. One of the fellows from Rob's with Jesse says, I've never shook hands with a black man. He says, yeah, Would you mind? Yeah. Said, oh, no problem. It's got lovely to meet you. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Will you have a drink with us? You see, and you know, yeah. it, it, it was it, it was not, you understand, it's not how we learn about exactly. racism and how to react to No, to, I know. You know, so. Well, I remember interviewing, and I, I can't remember her name, and a, a, a writer, African writer who lives here now, and she had the similar view on what racism was she said people sort of trying to suppress any difference mm. she said you know when, when she's on a bus and kids kind of want to touch you know are, are drawn to her she finds that she thought the racism was more to do with the the, the parents saying oh don't do that don't well, do that yeah you know rather than the kind of the embracing of there's a there's a a, a difference and a comfort but i guess everybody has their own level it's, on that and everyone has their own degree of comfort with with that but i think stuff. It's, i think it's i think it's simpler than that i think really it's a it's a kind of bold way to think if you want to stop racism stop talking about it hmm. I, I i i have very little regard for this what i call tokenism of you know before matches people kneel down and say we're gonna fight racism all that can stop talking about it because among the young children they don't know the concept hmm. they don't see color but if we start, you know, putting it into the sort of narrative all the time, I get the idea that, you know, we've got to call it out yeah. to stop it, but it's the how. You know, as a, as, as a person, as a black person, as a Nigerian, I never had any kind of mistaken sense of my identity. Um, you know, I, I have loads of friends in here. What they decide to do in their spare time and all that, their own problem. But my, you know... Color cannot define somebody, and the person has to also stand up and not play to that narrative. So, you know, when the stuff was happening in, was happening in America with George Floyd and that, I kind of looked at the solidarity here. But it shouldn't be more than just a solidarity to call something out, as opposed to hijacking Americans' own very what I will call peculiar past, mm. which is not Irish, which is not Ireland's past. You know, this country has been predominantly a white country. It was very welcoming. When mm. I came here in the early 80s and people before me, it was very welcoming. But most of the sort of, we had what you might call soft immigration back then uh, because people who came into this country were coming to study. You know, we integrated ourselves. We were welcoming. A happy experience. Mm. And you fast forward, fast forward now to today with lots of other things that are kind of happening. 
but for both those who are sort of you know sensitive that they're not seen to be perpetrating racism and the person who's at the brunt of it everybody has a part to play so if 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 you're a black person you have a part to play in making sure that in a country that is that is 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 culturally very rich in Ireland be the person that is participating in that culture cross fertilize everybody else it's all about p- the person and the people and everybody sort of i guess in my head not really having this constant consciousness of you're white you're black because the children don't children do not see it's not in their head they see friends mm. they see a funny person they see somebody with sort of you know uh characteristics they like and i you know unless i'm mistaken or deluded color doesn't come into it but as you're growing up it's just in your face all the time all the time even to the extent i said to john one of our again one of our trips that this pivoting of where I, I I accept we've got to go to the extreme, but you know, let let's not lose sight that in going to the extreme, taking the media for example, or taking commercials, TV ads, that all of a sudden you know I'm looking at a TV ad, and proportionally, I'm seeing this sort of almost deliberate effort to patronise. That's what it looks to me where you know ads now are predominantly with you know immigrants or black and all that great but don't patronize me i don't see that as respectful put people in who deserve to be in your ads or who deserve to be in particular positions you know it's the same thing i'm sure with women you know boards should have women etc but i'm sure most of the women at this stage that are that will go pound for pound with a man and will have a stronger CV, et cetera, once it's done on merits. So, you know, it, 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 it can pivot and get to extreme where we're being patronized. And that's the worst form of insult, if I'm speaking for, my, for myself, because I can stand on my own. And I want, to, I want to progress. Black people want to progress on merits, not sort of progress on the basis of pity, sympathy, and this narrative of... You know, ah, don't worry, we're all equal and tokenism and all that kind of stuff. That's that for me. I think that has to stop. That has to stop. Yeah, and 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 I I, I hold the media responsible because change the narrative, celebrate in a very positive light. If you want to educate people rather than the tokenism of kneeling down before the matches, show greatness that is not just the preserve of the white community greatness of people people of all color that's what the, that's what we should be that's what the that the, the we should be teaching the children guess who did this everything that is positive about all peoples mm-hmm. um not necessarily when you know you tell the story of you know the pennies for the black babies uh africa is is needs aid and all the change the narrative change the narrative that's 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 the right way because if because simply if you give anybody the same circumstances that prevail in the western societies to somebody from nigeria ghana etc what are the chances they're going to succeed and mm. triumph and i guess the thing is but like you see it now at the moment that it is when people drive a sort of a fear and a, and a hate it doesn't matter who there there has to be another and has to be yeah. a, an, an enemy it doesn't matter where they're from because like where the, the people who are 
on the on those far right marches now in yeah. Ireland in the UK, they they they're just they're just being told there's an there's another there. It doesn't yeah. matter what the other is. It's just something to fear and to be feel threatened yeah, by. I, I ignore them because they exist in every society. I mean, if you look at, you know, as a person, we all gravitate to what we know. We find comfort in what we know. So if you look at the, the groups, for example, you know, even in school, you've got little cliques, etc. Mm. The rugby guys all stick together. That's a normal human tendency. Even in Nigeria, the same thing happens. I mean, when I grew up, I used to go to the local um, sports club. If a white family came in as us as kids and kind of, you know, wild teenagers, etc., you know, we used to somehow sort of, you know, target some white kids that we kind of thought, oh, well, this is our country kind of thing. You got to, mm. you know, that's, that's normal. That's just people being clannish. Mm. And, you know, if you, you, you now look at somebody in rural Ireland in a very tiny village waking up one day, say it's an 80-year-old woman who's used to going to the local post office, having a pint, and all of a sudden she wakes up one day and and the the, the dynamic has changed, everything the, the, the everything she sees has changed, and you have this what I will call excessive uh, 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 immigration around her. She has to, in her own pace, come to terms with it. It's not that she's rejecting mm. where we are with globalization. But everybody has a part to play. Yeah. Those who arrive in, into the country have a part to play. Those who are here already. Nationalism is in every country. In Nigeria, it is not, it's just a behavioral trend. It's not something that is negative in that sense. You know, nobody likes to be disturbed. You know, uh, we all want to be with what we know. And in, in, in communities, we recognize that it's non threatening. Yeah. Is it possible to combine? the duties of being a member of the Nigerian royal family with being the Irish president. <laughs> <laughs> that would work, wouldn't it? Uh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's Imagine. funny, I, 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 well, when you're talking about that and how you, you come with a sort of positive attitude, I actually was thinking, and when you're talking about the Holy Ghost, I had an uncle who was a priest and who was a missionary. Uh, he was with the Kiltegan fathers. He died during covid and actually, one of the things we went to his funeral, which was in the in the missionary up in Kiltegan. Okay. And it's kind of tr- tragic what's happened to the priesthood, just to digress, because all these, this place that was once where they were all schooled is now a nursing home for the priests. Yeah. You know, and there's the graveyard is there yeah, and there's no, no there's no, none left. Mm. But he was, he was from Offaly. He was the priest in the family. He had two huge passions, which were Offaly hurling and Africa and Kenya. And he was in Kenya for 30 years and he came back and he he just, he loved it. But again, I remember I took him, we went to RT one night when the second captains were doing their TV show because Henry Shefflin was on it and he wanted to meet Henry Shefflin. So I took him to meet, go to them. We met Henry Shefflin and he was delighted. And then we were outside Montrose and we got a taxi and we pulled it, the taxi pulled in and it was a, a black taxi driver and he jumps in and he was from Kenya, where, where my uncle had yeah. lived. And the first thing my uncle says to him is, what tribesmen are you? <laughs> <laughs> and your man bristled for yeah. a second because he thought, I'm dealing with a racist here. Yeah. And then the next question, whatever it was, your man just relaxed. And they suddenly had a half an hour conversation about Kenya and 
what was going, you know, the, what was going, what was going on, on, on and his love of yeah. it. And he was so, but he didn't see anything. Like the other great story about him, which I tell a lot, is at my at my wedding, which was in London. It was the same weekend as Notting Hill Carnival, and we got married on the Saturday. And on the Sunday, a few people we had a lunch, and a few people headed off down to Notting Hill Carnival. And there are certain like the Notting Hill Carnival is an incredible event, which they keep trying to destroy and and sanitize but it's an amazing amazing event but there are elements there are parts where you go to there's all different sound systems and some of them are african sound systems my uncle and my cousin both from offley ended up down at a sound system which was kind of kenyan music really deep kenyan music and this is about six o'clock on the sunday and it's getting pretty it's very heavy it's all fine but it's very heavy and it's all kenyans and, and africans except for my uncle and my cousin. And uh, <laughs> my uncle looks around and says, says to my cousin, these are two men from Offaly. My uncle looks around to my cousin and says, Gareth, you need to go home now. You're the only white person yeah, here. You don't, you, don't, you don't fit in. <laughs> You're the only white person. He didn't consider, like, he was fine. Yeah. But yeah. he was the but other that, one. That, yeah. that, that, that um, thing that Charles speaks so eloquently about, about, the importance of getting to a stage where we're all colorblind, mm. and that is that's only achieved through getting to know each other. So, like, I, I wouldn't notice Charles' color at all, you know. But I am conscious when we go places, people are looking, you know. I mean, Charles' wife Shen is extremely beautiful, and so you know, whenever we go places, you can see people as we go into a bar or whatever, you know. So it's just breaking breaking down those bars. I mean, recently, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Recently, Charles and Pat Gilroy, who's a very good mutual friend of ours, and Big Nile Quinn, the soccer player, we were we were at an event in Dublin, and then we went into a bar in Dublin for a pint. You see, so there we were, and I took a picture of the three boys. You see, Pat and Pat, you know, is about six six. Nile Quinn's about six six but wider bigger and then Charles you see and I said to Charles you know can I tweet this out for the crack you know say because Dungiven Miners had just won the Ulster Club Championship or under mm-hmm. 17 footballers so I tweeted out wonderful night in the Dungiven Club you know with, with three sporting icons you see <laughs> so what's the reaction you see she's so saying I'm going to bet you a million pounds, Charlie, that nobody is going to say who's the black guy. <laughs> you see? Okay, so like, it was all like, ah, oh, wonderful, you know, wonderful. Jeez, I can't believe, I can't believe Ian Wright is at the Not Given Club. <laughs> is that he? And, then, and then Charlie told me he's been mistaken for Ian Wright. People were giving us, ah, oh, wonderful, fantastic, you know. And he's not a single person, <laughs> not a single person said, who is the guy? You see, so it was obviously, so about three days later, I get a phone call from Kieran Cunningham, you know, the star yeah. from Donegal. You know, he goes, oh, Joe, he says, um, he says, oh, great photograph, he says, of the, the boys. He says, amazing, they were all there and the thing, and I knew he was edging around, you see. And uh, he says, um, 
He says, oh, you don't. And he said, I, I couldn't rec- I couldn't work out who we were trying to work out who the who the third one was. We knew who Gil- we wouldn't say black. See, we, we, we knew who Gilroy was and, and Quinn, obviously. But he said, who is it? I says, oh, you know who he is. I said, you know who he is. I says, go on, you're pulling my leg, you see. And he says, no, he says, God, it's in the tip of my tongue. It's in the, that sort of thing is in the tip of my tongue, you see. And I said, I said, you know, he is the um, Nigerian... Um, He's the, the, the number one table tennis player in Nigeria. I says, you know who he is. Sure, I mean, he, he did that viral video last year. And he says, oh, I did, that's, exactly, that's right. He says, that's right. He says, or did he say. You see, but again, that, I think that sensitivity is very, you know, the fact that yeah. no one is, yeah. is a, you know, is a good sign of, 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 of our, he was just throwing it out there just to see. You know. Well, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it, it's, when you actually think about it, even even we're now in a, a situation where people are even afraid to use the word black. Mm. It's not a derogatory term. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, it's somebody ponies up in Dublin. First thing people kind of go, are you, you know, where are you from? Are you Galway? It happens in Irish society, mm. you know, because everybody's clan is their clan. There's nothing, you're not trying to subjugate somebody. And I, we have to stop this nonsense that referring to someone as a black person or Asian or white is somehow uh, derogatory. Unless I'm insecure, then I might want to follow that narrative. But it's silliness. It is silliness. But everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a part to play. And like Joe says, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's how you, how you, how you uh, kind of communicate with each other and, and, and sort of, you know, interact with everybody else can kind of neutralize some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we may have finally, we may have got to the story of finally of how you met you two. I'm not sure we actually did during that, but uh, I think there could be a few more stories about how you actually met before, if we, you know, next time Charles comes on. But that was, yeah. it was great to. Great What's to the right to word to call it? Ubiqu- is it ubiquitous? Yes, yeah. listen, Joe. Uh, that's is everywhere. Listen, uh, yeah. I, I hope that uh, you enjoyed this conversation, everyone, as much as we did. Thank you so much for 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 tuning in to to Free State, and uh, we will have more to talk about and think about soon. Dion, Joe, thank you very much. Y'all been trying to see you naked And we the goofiest and loving you is basic I'll transform and be the greatest rapper Broken bottles, all this money that you make it Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.